He never turned his back because I turned mine. He kept wow. knocking and knocking or like tapping me on the shoulder. And it was my choice to keep ignoring him, but it was never his decision to ignore me. Um, mm -hmm. And so then as soon as I turn around and want to give him a hug, he's like already there and he's already hugging you. Um, and so that, that to me is like, it was the best. It still is the best thing ever. Hi guys, welcome back to Those Who Know. My name is Grace Casper and today I am with my friend Aaron Haynes. Aaron, how are you doing today? Doing great, Grace. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I was interested in interviewing Aaron because I had a friend who actually was my neighbor and he had told me about Aaron and then a little bit about his story. Um, and when I heard his story immediately, I my interest peaked because I had never heard of such a powerful story as Aaron's um, at such a young age. And so Aaron, if you would just like to take the floor today and tell us about how you got here and what you have to say. Yeah, um, so my kind of story, um, I basically um, got into kind of the wrong crowd in high school, um, thought I could get away with uh, or away from that um, by coming to college. So I came to college here in Waco um, and immediately just kind of got mixed up in the same kind of people, the same kind of crowd um, and just kind of rebelled against my like Christian upbringing, um, which led to a lot of, uh, drug use, depression, toxic relationship, um, which then landed me, um, incarcerated, um, in county jail over and over and over and over, um, and just could never get out of that, um, kind of systematic, like revolving door. Um, if I could put it in a metaphor, yeah. Um, so several of those occasions in jail would end up picking up a Bible and getting closer to God and kind of rekindling that, um, love for him and seeing who he was for me. And then as soon as I walked out of the jail doors, it was just like dropped it and went right back to, um, the life I had been living before. Um, a lot of it was due to a, the relationship that I was in, um, that I started very young um, at 18 in a very serious relationship. Mm. Um, and so that kind of depression, I tried to find anything I could to fill that um, kind of void. Um, so my parents are both um, devout Christians. My whole family um, was praying for me every day and um, mm. hoping to see me kind of come out of that. And the, I guess it was March of 2018. I was um, arrested for evading arrest. Um, really didn't want to go to jail, so I chose to run um, from the cops. And of course, got caught and went to jail. Um, mm. And my, I kind of had this mental shift um, that time going to jail. I had kind of already predetermined to end the relationship I was in, no matter what that time wow. I really needed to take another step in the right direction. How old were you at this point? This was, I was 24 at this point. So from okay. 18 to 24, I was wow. in this like super toxic, abusive. Both of us were abusive to each other, not necessarily mm -hmm. physically, but definitely like vocally, emotionally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it kind of just wore us both down to where we both just didn't mm -hmm. want to see each other, be around each other. And then 
of course, when we were using drugs, then that's the only time we wanted to be with each other is because yeah. one of the two of us had drugs to use. And so it was just like anger. And then when we were feeding our habit, we were happy. And so like, wow. I just started yeah. down this whole train of, okay, in order for us to be happy, like we have to keep using more and more and more and more. Right. Um, so like I said, I kind of determined that that would be a, a good shift to just leave that relationship. Um, luckily I have very wise parents who I was able to talk that, talk through that with and see kind of what that would look like. Um, and I ended up walking around our dorm in jail, picked up a book, um, that I actually thought was a book about the movie, the Watchmen, which is like, kind of like some superhero vigilantes. And so I picked the book up thinking, oh, it's going to be like a comic book. I could like read this for a little bit. No, it was like an in-depth how to witness to people book written by the amazing author, Mark Cahill, um, mm. who is an Auburn basketball player in college, played with um, several famous players now, including, um, um, sorry, what's his name? Barker. Um, mm. Can't I cannot remember his name right now. He's a okay. super famous um, sports announcer. So that so he's book, the one who wrote this book, the this basketball player. Yes, um, wow. and he now runs an entire mission company um, that produces books that he's written. They do like mission trips. They do handouts for churches to give out um, all sorts of Christian literature. Um, and so I finished that book and started praying over some of the things that he talks about, you know, changing your life through and how to walk with God and all this. And so I reached out to my dad and asked him to send me the next two books that Mark had written. As soon as I got those, I just knew like, okay, this is the fire that I needed. This is like the thing that I've been trying to fill that void I've been trying to fill for a long time. And so I started kind of rekindling that love um, for who Jesus is and who he like made me to be. And from there, it just kind of blossomed into me then having the courage to um, start asking other people like, hey, man, mm-hmm. would you want to come over and like, let's sit down and read the Bible? And like, what does it say like that we should be doing? What does it say that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing? Like things like that. Was and this in jail? You were asking guys in jail? Okay. Yeah, yeah wow. all of this was taking place in the three months from March to May um okay. that I was incarcerated March through May um and God just showed up and it was just mm-hmm. like insane how many guys needed someone either to talk to about that or someone to pray for them and their family mm-hmm. um several guys were struggling financially to like feed their families because they were in jail and they couldn't work and their families were struggling um and so we kind of shifted the culture of like who Jesus is in jail. Wow. It's always like a, Hey, get me out of here type thing in jail. Like if God doesn't get you out of jail, then God's not in jail. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of just switched and we started having, we had these huge like 40 foot tables and both sides of this like 40 foot picnic table would be filled with guys that were all just hungry um, to hear anyone's like, opinion of a verse like what they thought that it meant to them you know 
people started sharing, you know, that they had gotten in touch with their family after not hearing from anyone for five years or like, wow, it was, it was an incredible experience to be a part of. And I mean, even now I still have like a whole folder full of all of these. I would stay up at night and work on a Bible study for the next day. And I still have that whole folder full of like hundreds of Bible studies. Um, It's just, God just showed up and just did so much. um, Not only for me, but for even the guards um, in our dorm started noticing like, Hey, I mean, yeah, like my daughter's sick. Would y'all mind praying for me? Or like Mm -hmm. they just noticed a shift in the, atmosphere there wasn't any fighting there wasn't any arguing like people were loving each other people were sharing food people were like gifting people with things and that just doesn't happen in jail it's like a selfish like you gotta do everything for yourself yourself. yeah Yeah. so wait Aaron I have a question for you yeah as you were leading these studies like and you had you know these big 40-foot tables full of men did you ever feel intimidated like wow I'm leading all these guys, like, who am I to do this? Or were you just like so passionate about it and just didn't even have a care in the world about that? No, I definitely was nervous, um, especially after not living godly for 12 years um, mm-hmm. since I was in high school. I definitely was maybe not nervous, but I was, I was worried about like how it would be interpreted, like how they would see it as like, oh, well, this guy, like he doesn't, he didn't live like this until he got here, which is oftentimes Mm. like there's a phrase called um, a jailhouse preacher who is like the worst kind of person in the free world. But as soon as they get to jail, they're like, they give their life to God and start preaching. And as soon as Mm. they're out, like it doesn't stick. Um, And that's not what I wanted to be seen as. And that's not what God wanted either which was crazy because that's where my courage came from was seeing that it wasn't getting interpreted that way it wasn't getting viewed by anyone else um Mm -hmm. that way and that's kind of where my courage kept stemming from Um, wow so luckily i had people i could call and ask like hey this verse says this but like is this the meaning of that or like where should we go next stuff like that my mom and dad both helped me kind of point me in the right direction of um, where my Bible wow. studies should go and yeah. Holy cow. So then as you were, I mean like, oh my gosh, I just have so many questions. This is crazy because you were involved in not only a toxic relationship, which is hard enough to get over like in a breakup and things of that nature, but also with drugs, like when you got, when you got incarcerated, did you still like, what, what was your um, recovery with drugs and with the addiction that you were battling like did that just happen overnight was it a supernatural healing or did you really have to fight did you have to go to you know like a recovery group what did that look like for you no um in hindsight I probably should have my even like when my release date was coming up um people were telling me like I should go into like a recovery home um I just felt very confident that God had shown up and kind of just rid me of that, I guess. Um, and yeah. it wasn't overnight. I mean, the first like two weeks in jail are, if you're addicted to anything, the first two weeks in jail are horrible because yeah. your body is chemically processing, not having that, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, mm-hmm. 
even cigarettes are some of like the worst cases. People will be really stressed out and sweaty and just their body is not chemically fulfilled. Um, and so the, that always happens. Um, it's the, what you do after that, that's really going to determine, um, like when you walk out of those doors, if you have like cigarettes or anything in your property, it's what you do then that then decides like, okay, am I going to walk straight to the store and buy a pack of cigarettes now that I haven't smoked for three months? Or am I going to stick with it because I didn't need it for three months? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my situation. I was released and had a full pack of cigarettes in my pocket, in my jeans when I got my property back and just threw them in the trash can as I walked out because I had already worked through, okay, I'm literally going to give all of this up and stay on this um, path, which I mean, now almost two years later, of course I've slipped, you know, and um, right. That's normal. But with with the heavy drugs I was using, I haven't slipped at all. The ones that wow. I actually thought I would need rehab for, um, cocaine being one of those um, that I was really heavily using, I haven't been around, haven't thought about, haven't crazy. done anything um, wow. with. So. Oh, my goodness, Aaron. That's wild. That is supernatural for sure. Holy cow. So when you were experiencing this in jail i mean it from what you're telling me it's awesome that you felt like you could go to your parents for questions and you felt like they were really fighting for you what's shocking to me like hearing your story is that there was no resentment because if i were you and i were kind of going astray from what i was raised as and kind of rebelling in a way I would have major resentment towards my parents and towards God and think that they don't want the best for me. And so how did you not have resentment or did you, and how did you get over it? Um, No, I I actually thought it was quite the opposite while I was kind of rebelling. I almost thought that there was resentment towards me for not being what I was raised as, Mm -hmm. um, which drove me, further and further into rebellion. Um, but the, I remember very vividly a visit where, and it, it never happened often. Actually, it it only happened once, um, where my mom actually came into, um, the jail visiting center and we did like monitor visits. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad always told me every time I went to jail that he didn't want her to be exposed to that or like see me like that. Like he didn't want um, to put her through that, which I always respected. Um, Mm -hmm. But this one visit where I actually got to see my mom um, and I told her like, I actually, I asked her like if it would be okay for me to come home and uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. Um, the words that she told me have like stuck with me for forever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause she looked at me and she said, the fact that you still consider our house, your home um, is like miles ahead of where you've been for the last like 12 years. Um, wow. Aaron. So I just knew like I would have that shelter that like, that love, um, which completely yeah. took away like the, my feeling of being resented or of, mm-hmm. of course I never resented them for 
trying to be the parents that I needed. Um, I just didn't want to hear it, I guess, at the time. Yeah. Um, and so wow. I've yeah been here with them for almost two years now. I'm just trying to get community around me before I um, go back out on my own just to stay strong. And they've done nothing but love me and mm. take care of me and let me um, grow with Jesus over the last two years. Um, which included going through Antioch's discipleship school. Um, within several months of me being released, I jumped right into um, Antioch's discipleship school and just kind of kept that fire going. And it's been a it's been a ride, but it's been great um, because now I'm surrounded with friends who love Jesus and can pray for me and counsel me and parents that do the same and their whole life group, you know, prays for me all the time and it was it was really cool to hear stories from their life group that all said like dude we've been praying for you for like two years wow your parents bring you up every time we're at life group and Mm -hmm. or if not every time that often Um, yeah and so yeah it's just it's been a great um experience wow Aaron, that's so beautiful i love how your parents just like fought for you endlessly like there was no end to it there was no condition to it they weren't like, oh, he's in jail again. And we're just going to give up. Like they just kept fighting. And I think that's a huge reflection of what the father does for us um, and how we rebel against him every day because we have sin nature and, um, and he just chooses to still fight for us and to still choose us every day. And that's just, that's beautiful. Wow. Man. Yeah. So Aaron, now being two years out, um, what do you think you want people to know who are maybe listening to this right now? I have a wide range of listeners. <laughs> some people aren't Christian. They don't know Jesus. Um, and some people I know specifically who are still using a lot of drugs. Um, and they like this podcast because it's raw and real and it's yeah. honest about pain. So what would yeah. you want listeners to know who are maybe still stuck in addiction or shame and not, wanting to really find freedom or, or, um, like healthy habits. Yeah. Um, okay. This is from my experience. Um, everybody is different. Um, and so like how you approach that, that question or those pieces of that question is going to be different for everyone. Um, but whatever you're choosing to find happiness in, um, it is of so much value to take a step back and look at how much unhappiness it's causing when you can't fill that unhappy. Like when you can't have the one thing that makes you happy, how much unhappiness does it cause? And mm-hmm. instead of focusing on being happy, focusing on what's making you unhappy and fixing that will mm-hmm. oftentimes then lend a hand to bringing in new healthier habits that you can find whether it's running or reading or writing or whatever um when you find the the reasons that you're unhappy instead of filling that void with a with a drug or with a drink or with anything um it it's of so much value at least it was for me to see okay this is the toxic thing but i'm putting more toxic things in there to make myself feel good so like toxic and toxic don't 
work out well. It's just going to keep yeah. getting worse. Yeah. Um, and so like for me, it was rock climbing. When I started rock climbing, oh, cool. I started filling the time I would have been using drugs with doing something active, getting outside, very outdoorsy person. And so being outside and being away from, you know, fighting or using or whatever helped me to find that and see from an outside perspective, kind of like a bird's eye view of what was making me unhappy. And mm -hmm. then I was able to kind of tread around finding something to instantly gratify myself and work harder right. to like, okay, if I keep limiting that, limiting that, take it all away. Now I'm going to find things that make me happy, like spending time with friends, rock climbing, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, fishing, whatever it is that you choose to do. And the, the, that will then fill up the cup to where you're mm -hmm. like happy, but you're not filling it with crap that's going to get used. Leave a bigger hole. Away. Yeah. Yeah, I don't definitely. know if that even makes sense. It doesn't. No. Head. Oh my gosh, Aaron, that made a lot of sense. That made a lot of sense. That was a good analogy. Um, and the next question for you is like, oh my gosh, I'm sure you learned so much about the character of God while you were oh, definitely. In, like in this process. What do you like? I'm sure there's, you could fill a whole book, but in the short amount we have, could you just explain to me like the things that have really like changed the way that you view God and shaped who you are today, knowing who he is. Yeah. Um, specifically for me, the scripture um, talking about, excuse me, the shepherd that leaves the 99 to go and find the one mm -hmm. was my like, um, it even reading that scripture now brings me to tears um, because it hit me so hard when I needed it. And wow. like, there's songs out that, you know, say, you know, he leaves the 99 and all and, and like the parts of that scripture. And those are so good for me to listen to. And it brings back that knowing that God was there the whole time and doesn't like, he never turned his back because I turned mine. He kept wow. knocking and knocking or like tapping me on the shoulder and it was my choice to keep ignoring him, but it was never his decision to ignore me. Um, mm. And so then as soon as I turn around and want to give him a hug, he's like already there and he's already hugging you. Um, and so that, that to me is like, it was the best. It still is the best thing ever. Like when I have feelings of depression or when I have feelings of, you know, wanting to just give it all up and go back, I just remember that. And I just, mm. Wow. feel that hug you know what I mean and it it just reminds me so much of what he brought me out of um wow yeah. oh my gosh Aaron that's so beautiful I, I love that you said that because I think many who maybe are criticizing this they're thinking like there's no way that just happened and they're thinking well I mean God he just wants us to change our behavior or he's yeah. just like rewarding Aaron because he did a Bible study in jail like no no, no. 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 what he does is he his, the prize is him it's not yeah exactly. it's not our change of behavior it's not good morals like it's him and I love that out of all the things that you learned the thing that really sticks with you is how good he is of a shepherd and how he leads us yeah. well and like runs after us and chooses to still fight for us so yeah. that's awesome I will wow. say too like um I didn't choose to lead a Bible study because I thought it would help me 
or that I thought I could help someone else. Um, it was literally something that God put on my heart and I needed to take a step of faith in order for the work that was happening in me to be like solidified. Um, wow. and it took so much like guts to take that first step and to like tell mm -hmm. someone about like, Hey, we're going to have a Bible study. Those like first words coming out of my mouth, I was so nervous about Ooh. Um, but God showed up and was like, and I give him all the glory for everything that happened in jail because I could not have done any of that without him moving behind it. And with, wow. and like that, that's what I really want to make clear is like, I, it's not about me. It wasn't about me and will never be about me. It's always going to be about mm -hmm. him and what he wants Amen. to do in me or in someone else. Um, and who wow. am I to deny where Christ wants to move? Come on. He has no boundaries. That's so good, Aaron. Dang. Wow. Well, Aaron, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up here? Um, nothing other than you're never too far gone. Um, I thought for years that I was just too far gone, too far removed mm -hmm. from um, the, the, the Christian, like, quote unquote, lifestyle, which I saw it as. And it's mm -hmm. definitely not, it's, it's not like a cool, like culture. It's not a, any, it's literally a relationship with you and God. It doesn't matter Amen. who else is around or anything. Um, and you're never too far gone to rekindle that, um, relationship. Um, and yeah, that, that's really all I can say about, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you've done. Mm -hmm. um, God loves everyone just the same. And all it takes is just that one step of repentance and one step of faith. So. Amen. Aaron, woo! thank you so much for just um, donating your time to us today and sharing your story, because I know that's, I mean, that's very personal to you. And so to allow people to hear it and have access to it is really brave and bold of you. Um, yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll be posting your picture on our Instagram so people know to look up your episode and to listen. And you guys, if you haven't already, follow at those.who.no on Instagram to see uh, what Aaron's all about and be able to listen to his episode. Thank you so much for listening, you guys, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>